listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer, episode 41 on Ed Reach. Hasta la PS Vita, baby. This is Ed Gamer for Saturday, February 25th, 2012. Ed Gamer's part of the Ed Reach Network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. A muy grande voice. We. Oui. This show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We'll give you the education angle on any type of games ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We'll discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I am Zach. And I'm Jerry. Jerry? Mm Mm-hmm. Who are you? My name is Jerry James. I'm a visual arts teacher in Schaumburg, Illinois. And my name is Zach Gilbert, and I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois, and it sounds like I've had plenty of coffee this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I just ripped through that. Nice oh, wake so. on a Saturday morning. On a Saturday morning, yes. So how was your week? My week was okay. Probably better than yours. Yeah, it's. It, it, I can't go into details, but it was a crazy week, and you know, parenting is so much fun. Mm-hmm. It is the most difficult job on this planet. I could see that. I could and see that being true. Yeah, it, it's it's stressful. It's awesome. It's stressful and awesome and the thing. <laughs> so yes, uh, being a parent is is quite difficult. And um, so that's that's basically my. And we had a sh- I had a shortened week. I only had to teach three days this week. And every teacher I talked to, you know, it was a sh- short week. But sometimes the shortest weeks are the most difficult. It felt like a long week, even though it was a shortened week. Yeah, yeah, and it's, you know, the weird thing is, especially because of the weather. And, you know, because Jerry and I are in the Midwest, one of, one of the local radio stations calls it uh, the best winter ever. <laughs> and the whole reason is because uh, the weather has been quite mild overall. We've gotten little snow. Now, you can't say that now up, up where you're at, Jerry, because you just got a, had a little snow. We just had a little snow, yeah. Yeah, and but weather-wise, I mean, it's cold today. we got some snow flurries down here, but it's supposed to be like 50 tomorrow. We're just like, this is nuts. This yeah, is, it's insane. It is nuts. So bringing that back, the kids, I think, are already having spring fever, even mm-hmm. though it's at the end of February. Yeah, I agree. My sinuses are also having spring fever. But, yeah, um, yeah they uh, the kids are really, you know, feels like it's may it's yeah messed it's, up. it is messed up and so there's there's a there's a lot of things on my plate um we've and i mentioned it last week right about the ipads mm-hmm. you know so getting all this together i've i have to do a shout out to uh meg wilson from uh mac reach and kind of thank her about uh helping me out and kind of going through the process of what okay i have a class set of ipads what do i do of course, we most people that I've talked to have said that this is an individual device, not a class set type of device. So trying to figure out workarounds, and then of course, of course, in the back of my mind, you know, is how can I implement games? How can I get some games on there that will be educational and fun yep. and while for my students? But the main focus is definitely because you know a lot of people are going to be looking at what we are doing to to see if this is going to work within our district. No pressure at all. No pressure at all, and. So make sure that it does what it needs to do. Otherwise, and, it's coming out of your salary. It's coming out of my salary. Great, yeah. There's my <laughs> one-year salary right there. So, uh, yeah, so there's that part. But, of course, like I said, the gaming, uh, I'll definitely be looking at that. Well, speaking of kind of a uh, little handheld or, or smaller, uh, a smaller device uh, system, mm-hmm. uh, we have, of course, you heard in our title, you know, PS Vita. Uh, the PlayStation Vita 
is I, I think it's out today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what are your initial thoughts on this? Um, to be completely honest with you, my initial thought was, oh, they had some leftover PSPs. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking for something to do with them. Yeah. Um, because it's just so similar to shape and size. So yeah. I guess I was curious as well, as because it is making pretty big noise upon its release. And I was like, well, what's what's the concept? Yeah. What's the big deal? Well, I, I did some of the things that just kind of give you the hardware ideas is that it, it does have front and back cameras, but they're low res and it's not going to be used for anything fancy dancy. But the primary function is for augmented reality stuff. So that's going to be interesting how that's how that's played out. It's I love this. It has an ARM Cortex A9 quad core processor and quad core graphics processor and 512 megs of RAM. So to put it all together, and this is from uh, Geek Dad, which, of course, is one of our favorite sites. Mm-hmm. And it, it has twice as much memory as the PlayStation 3 <laughs> and more computing power than the iPad 2. So when you put all that together, you're like, oh, this has got some serious uh, giddy up. Uh, yeah, and, and it's a little lighter than a PlayStation 3, too. Uh, <laughs> just a little bit. It doesn't play Blu-ray, though. No. You can't stick a Blu-ray disc in there. <laughs> Uh, it, the the ret, it, they describe it to a uh, they compare it to a Retina display, the iPhone 4 Retina display, just a little bit slightly worse resolution, but really it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the whole thing, you know, you look at this and you go, okay, is this going to take off? And that's I guess that's the big question. Mm-hmm. Well, you are a Sony, you have a PlayStation yourself. I do. You know, what's your thoughts on, number one, a consumer device? You know, I think um, I didn't truly understand where they were going with it until I actually saw the commercial, which I guess makes it a good commercial, which was, you know, like somebody uh, being mid-game and then on the console and then pausing it and then literally picking up the PS Vita and walking out of the room with the game loading on there. So that connectivity of having your game transfer and be able to play it on the move you know, is, is pretty interesting. Yeah. So, so I do, I do like that. I mean, it's time for, I think it, I don't think that's a mind blowing feature. You know, I think that's something that like, kind of like it's about time. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Cause it's, it's simply just connecting your devices and, you know, allowing one to load on the other. I'm interested in the rear touch panel because yes. when you look at the specs and you, I mean, when you look at it, at the pictures, the rear doesn't look like a touch panel. No, and I'm still um, it says multi-touch pad on the rear part of the device. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at this, and I'm like, uh, yeah. So I guess it, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at it too, and I'm just like, okay, I really don't. There's a picture on the Amazon, and it, yeah, it just, it's quite interesting. Yeah. I, I guess I have to see firsthand. How that works? There, I mean, there's looks like there's some buttons back there, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I, I'm sorry to say, folks, that I'm really not sure how that works out. But that's a great. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, with yeah. you know, my children have uh, the DSs, and you have the buttons up at the top. Um, you know, for your your pointing fingers and such. But you know, to have it on the backside, that totally makes sense. In fact, there was wasn't there. I remember a device, a tablet device. That was uh, had like a mouse on the back. Do you remember that? Um, this sounds familiar, but I have no idea what it was. Yeah, but I, I think it was um, um, oh, something Q. I don't know. It had a special screen, and 
there's a yeah, it had a mouse thing on the back. So the idea makes sense. I don't know if that's more ergonomically correct or what, but it's, you know, it has the whole, this whole thing here. It says revolutionary gaming experience, dual analog sticks, rear cameras, multi-touch display. Uh, so you can't touch it. Uh, rear pad, uh, GPS, and new units, uh, specific media flash storage. Now, GPS, I wonder if that's with the, because there's a Wi-Fi version and there's a 3G version. Yeah, and it looks like they're promoting the, from what I'm reading here, it says 250 for the Wi-Fi version, 300 for the bundle that adds the AT&T. Yeah, which you have to pay for. Right, and that's the only one that's saying right now, AT&T. So the yeah. AT&T 3G capability. Right, but you have to pay for that, and so it's like, okay, you're pay, paying 50 more. You think they'd actually make that one cheaper. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If you had the 3G support, but you have to pay for the 3G. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Like with uh, the iPad, you pay a certain mm -hmm. amount, and then you have to pay more for the 3G. And I'm like, hold on, couldn't you get that reduced? I mean, it's, phones go the opposite way. Right. But the iPad and some other systems go up. I don't understand that one. <laughs> I'm sure somebody with it's uh, more intelligent than me can figure that one out. But the the display looks really nice. Uh, the other thing that people were getting upset about is that, okay, here we go again. Sony made a, um, a storage device, the memory cards, that are specific to this device. You can't put them in anything else, and they mm -hmm. are expensive. Are you yeah. surprised, Jerry? No. No. Is that they're um, oh, just frustrating. Eight gigabyte. Well, they usually call them like memory sticks, isn't that? These, these are memory cards, okay. but they're, they're Sony specific. Yeah. And no, that's, I mean, that's a classic old trick you know that's the we're gonna we're gonna force you to buy our memory cards we're gonna force you to, and you know what it worked with a company like like apple you know i mean like we're gonna force you to buy all of our stuff you know we want we're gonna force you to buy all of our devices so that yeah but the expansion of it i mean well first of all they don't have there's no memory cards for like an ipad right anything like that but you know firewire that was you know that was one thing it wasn't yep. that that was an apple thing uh now they got the thunderbolt that's okay. another is yeah. that another? I don't know if those work on PC or not. So somebody out there, I'm sure, would correct us. Uh, yeah. And then Microsoft now with the Xbox, it used to be that you had to use, you know, specific type um, uh, storage devices that they provided. And mm -hmm. now they've opened it. They've, I think they've they've seen the light, because okay, with the Connect and having it hacked and <laughs> opened up, and they allow it, and yeah. then now you can start using your own memory devices and plug certain things in. Uh, you can I can plug my iPod in, and I'm guessing I could do the same thing with the iPad, and I wouldn't be able to. I don't think I'd be able to play Apple purchases that are uh, DRM, DRM'd, but I think I can play anything else through yeah. the Xbox. So it they've might, opened up. In my opinion, that's it's just a poor business idea. I mean, let's be honest. Instead of instead of charging people another thirty dollars, you know, to buy your memory card, why don't you just put in a standard memory card and then. Right tack on 50 bucks to your 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 retail price you know right what i mean like you, you don't have to do it you don't have to do it that way if you're cutting right. costs by then making people buy your your product that just annoys people because nobody yes. likes to buy like the the 700 dollars tv and then by the time you leave the store it's like you know two thousand dollars because you've needed yep now the the one the other thing here is it's called near they call it near in quotes uh is a Core PlayStation Vita feature composed of location-based services that utilize PlayStation Network, which hopefully that 
is getting better. Yeah. Jerry. Yeah. Um, fine. No, <laughs> as long as it's not hacked, it's shut down. Um, developed specifically for this service. Uh, it's pre-installed on there. So if you have, it lets users find out where their friends uh, in the vicinity are playing and what they've played recently, and they can meet friends, new players, uh, regardless of what games they're playing by sharing their game information across different dimensions of time and distance. Wow. That's, it's like, it says different dimensions of time and distance, and I'm in time and space. <laughs> it's like they're going back in time. So I think they're getting to the point where, okay, yes, this is a, a good gaming device. You can connect with other people. It looks nice. Um, it's got this, you know, this, um, oh, what is it called there? The augmented reality uh, games. And that's it. And then I'm sitting here going, okay, why would I bring this in the classroom? You know, I see... I see where the the grand idea here, which is like the uh, we want you to have our our system at your home, and then when you leave, you leave with this little system, and you take this on the road, and 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 you all connect, you know, outside of the home with this, right. and, and that's kind of a cool concept for education in the classroom as well, which is like you've got your computer at home, and then you use your tablet as like a you know, a transferring and learning device and you bring it home and you bring it back, you know, we do the same thing with our phones. I'm just right. not sure this is the device that's going to do it. Like, right. is, is everyone going to jump on board? This is their gaming device. Right. And we're starting to see more of that. Android is trying to, they're making the connection between their tablets, you know, what you do on the, on the computer through Chrome mm-hmm. and what you do on a tablet and then all the way to the phone. So transferring that. So I, I guess, I guess this is the idea that, you know, the cross platforms being able to take it into multiple spaces, that makes sense. Um, connecting with other students, um, that I don't, you know, I don't, I do like the idea of being able to have connected devices. And as, as we see it, okay, big picture here, you know, we're doing interactive simulations, and I could see a device like this where, Kids are doing some of the, their work at home. They're doing some of their work at school and then wherever they're at, and they have time, and they could have a device that's connected like this and be able to interact with others. So, But that's that's I'm seeing that down the road. I'm seeing that as totally big picture. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the one thing I really like about this is let's just let's make it what it is. You know, don't, don't like they, – they've put – better memory in it they put all this you know they made it a powerful machine but let's make it a gaming machine you know as opposed to like don't put microsoft word on it and you know i mean i know the internet connectivity and the the web browser goes all into connecting with the playstation network and stuff like that but you know don't give me the rest of that stuff let's just yeah. make it a gaming device so we're, we're kind of reaching here aren't we yeah i mean it, it's it's a it's a new device that's why we wanted to bring it up but it's I don't see this how and this would be coming into the classroom. So, Probably not. Yeah. So maybe down the road, maybe there'll be other things that they have that uh, maybe that augmented reality stuff. Um, you know, know, maybe there's simulations of um, teaching ancient uh, Greece right now. Just started ancient Greece. Maybe there's going to be some type of augmented reality where you're going around your school and maybe it's through the temple, uh, through an ancient Greek temple. Hmm. Um, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, I, and I you know, know, I think 
I think PlayStation or Sony, maybe you'll see them make a huge dive into. I know nobody sells, nobody jumps for the education market because everybody wants a discount. But hey, maybe they'll maybe they'll take a a crack at it only because this is something where if you got kids addicted to it or hooked to it, well then they're going to want the console at home. Yeah. Well, that's it's it's going to be interesting. And anybody out there that has any ideas to share about this, I'd love love to hear it. Maybe we're missing an angle here. So I uh, saw an article that popped up. It's called The Art of Video Games. And, of course, it came from something that is quite a wonderful um, uh, wonderful resource, which would be the Smithsonian. So mm-hmm. we have the video that's listed, and we also have the article that goes with it. But it basically, as I think, <laughs> I think uh, Dan Rizek talked about a while ago, uh, a certain uh, movie critic... Uh, that talked about how games are not art. Mm. Uh, isn't there a certain movie critic that uh, uses a thumb? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, you know, he was talking about how games aren't art. So the Smithsonian is looking at it. Uh, Supreme Court ruled last June, this is the first paragraph from the Smithsonian article, uh, Supreme Court ruled last June that video games should be considered an art form as deserving of the First Amendment safeguard as protected books, plays, movies that preceded them. Chris Melisinos uh, yes, uh, reached that opinion some 30 years earlier as a teenager plugging away at King's Quest on a neighborhood's PC. Neighbor's PC. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> so they go through the beginnings of video games and talk about how they consider it art. So uh, the video uh, looks really cool. And uh, we thought we'd pass that along because that could definitely spark up a little debate. Wouldn't you say? Always good. Always good Always to have good. that <clears throat> that recognition. Maybe the thumb up guy might be listening, and uh, I'm sure might, he is. Might bring that. <laughs> might help. Dan. Yeah, speaking of two thumbs down. There you go. Uh, Dan sent us uh, an email, mm-hmm. and it talks about video games harmful or helpful. Point counterpoint. This is through the SD dot uh, community Ning, and. Basically, it's uh, are video games harmful or helpful? And there are already two uh, responses on here that are pretty, pretty well in depth. Nice. Um, oh, and this is interesting. This one is written by a person that uses Jeez. Minecraft. So he's a co-founder of massivelyminecraft.org. So he says, uh, "I do like John Hattie's work, especially toward what make uh, what makes an expert teacher." Uh, can identify essential representations of their subject, can guide learning through classroom interactions, can monitor learning and provide feedback, can attend to effective attributes, and can influence student outcomes. Hmm. I'd say that every player I've met at plus level 55 in Warcraft can do these things. I would say he's right. Mm -hmm. So that's that's quite interesting. Some of the other things, uh, this other person down below... Talks about benefits of gaming. Here's a list: self-efficacy, social skills, emotional literacy, positive attitudes, work success, and social opportunities. And that's actually all one. That's all one person. Is it? Or is it? Well, there's a person. Is it the same person? Dean Groom. Oh, he. So he replied. Oh, so he did too. Oh, maybe he didn't have enough room. Yeah, they, they cut him off. <laughs> cut him off. <laughs> cut him off. Okay. So he had two replies, and there you go. But from so, Minecraft.org, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's, uh, like I said, uh, if you guys are interested in putting that out here, um, I, I would love to have the time <laughs> to write a little bit. 
but as I mentioned earlier, parenting is quite quite fun. That's my own game. That that, that I have my own game. It's called Life. It's, it's called Life. It's called Life. <laughs> Wouldn't that be uh, Vita? Vita. Just Vita. Don't hit the reset button. Whatever you do. Yeah. No. 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 Okay. <laughs> Next article. Do you want to mention that one? Yes. Yes, I would. Um, the Facebook gaming boom is fizzling out. So this is an article from... Whoops, I just closed it. Oh, Venture nope, Beat. there it is. Okay. What is VB? Venture Beat. Venture Beat. So um, <clears throat> it just reads... Um, I, I, I don't know. Surprise, surprise, I guess. Is this, is this, does anyone, is anyone really shocked by this? Well, it, it, we talked about it earlier. We talked about how the gaming uh, industry, especially through Facebook, has really, it really boomed. I mean, we were talking about Civ World, uh, Zynga, which is now, I guess, traded on uh, the stock exchange. Yeah. Stock exchange. And, you know, this is, it's one of those things. People were putting big money into this. And now we're finding that oh hey maybe um, maybe this is fizzling out on Facebook, but I don't know if necessarily it's fizzing fizzling out altogether. Well, I didn't doubt. I don't think I doubted the um, the credentials of some of the games or the the quality of some of the games or the the you know the concepts. I think what everyone had to doubt was when when you get on something as trendy as Facebook, you know. The downfall of Facebook would be the downfall of all of these games. So, as it comes and goes, you know, I, I don't I don't know if anybody, if if really any of this could have been like a hardcore long term gaming type of thing. Yeah. Well, it, it, they have a chart within this article down at the bottom. Um, you know, I guess active users and millions, mm-hmm. millions of active users. January 2011 was 290 million. That is nuts. Um, to the low of October of 2011 of 2000, uh, two, 205 million, and then December 11, uh, 11 2011, 225. So yeah, it's kind of it's, it's kind it's of a slight downward trend, but I don't even know if that's alarming. I mean, it it shows a downward. Their stock trend. dropped. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> their, their stock <laughs> dropped. But what you know, I think we all know part of the reason why this is is falling and. It's because of tablets. It's because of, you know, now, especially, you know, I showed a teacher this week uh, how to use Chrome and the web store and how things are moving to HTML5 and other, you know, other methods through the browser. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's it's taken off. I mean, there's, the web store is just kind of growing. And then you have the apps. The app stores are mm-hmm. growing. So do you actually need to use Facebook uh, for these games. Yeah. And uh, there's an interesting paragraph like right in the middle. It says, Facebook game companies must also deal with the fact that they must jostle with non-game applications vying for the attention of Facebook users. Yeah. Kabam, a hardcore game company found uh, that found traction on Facebook with social games, has expanded into other platforms as yes. to find hardcore gamers wherever they are. Kabam discovered that finding those players on Facebook was expensive and an inefficient process. Yeah. So Facebook's if they're going to have to do they're going to have to do something in order to change that to make it easier. But yeah. when they're changing their uh, the way the pages are all the time, you know, yeah. that's that becomes a problem. So that, that I think that's quite quite interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's see. And the last two articles are games that um, are kind of near and dear to me. 
and of course uh, found this on Blues News, which is one of my, you know, I go to it every day looking for gaming news. Uh, talks about the Diablo 3 launch date. Now here's the thing. This is this is how big this game is. Is that it talks about the, the, the title is Diablo 3 launch date announcement nears. It's not. It's <laughs> not. Here's the announcement of when it is. It's the announcement is coming up soon. This is practically an iPhone. Yes. So <laughs> announcements. So, announcements. Uh, the quote from uh, on the Diablo 3 community, uh, Jay Wilson, who is a big part of you know Diablo 3. Uh, some of you might have seen headlines certain. Uh, or a certain obviously sarcastic blue post that implies you know, from Blues News that we're unsteady about where Diablo 3 stands and that you should temper your expectations when it comes to the next installment of Diablo series. Let me be clear, nothing could be further from the truth. Now this is when you know loud crowds and you woo yay cheer. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever play the uh, you know yes Diablos? And it's just a great it's just a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, now. Not totally appropriate for the classroom. Maybe not for the classroom. Not for the classroom. But I know when it comes to game design and art artistry, which is you know up your alley, mm. alley. You know the screenshots and videos I've seen of the next uh, of Diablo three look very nice. Cool. Very nice. So I'm I'm excited about that one. And another game that is totally not appropriate for the classroom, uh, which was my probably my surprise game in the last you know, few years is Borderlands and Borderlands 2 is going to be coming out. And I think what made this successful was the fact that uh, you have Left 4 Dead, which is a co-op, you know, you can do, what is that, four person? I think you can do four person co-op. Is that right? Sure. You never played Left 4 Dead, did you? No. Okay. I have to play with the lights on. That's, all, that's, all, that's an old another story. I've, I've never played it myself. Like, just, I've watched just, people play it. Yeah, not, just, that, that just doesn't excite me too much. But the whole idea is that you're playing with other players. And okay. Borderlands was a four-person co-op, and it was just this game that came out of nowhere and started off, especially on Steam, started off with kind of low, um, you know, like a low score for how people were viewing it and then over time they just made it better and better and better and the the whole thing is is that they pride themselves on the the amount of different types of weapons <laughs> that, that you can have and find and you build up your character but it, it's the teamwork and that's what I love about the game is that you have to work together there's you know you have different characters like with any game that you you know Dungeons and Dragons or anything like that. You have different types of characters and they kind of mesh together and you have to work together in order for that to work. And Borderlands 2 is one of those games. And it's um, Borderlands, I should say, is one of those games. Borderlands 2, I'm sure, is going to build on that. So I hope it comes out for PC because I am horrible when it comes to first-person shooters on on a console. <laughs> I just can't do it. I, I'm a mouse and keyboard guy. That's what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Old school. Old school. School gaming. Well, <laughs> anything else, Jerry? I think that's it. I think we we got a lot covered there. That was a lot in one episode. I think I think that was uh, we, we might be beneficial to uh, the world. Just something at least. Just <laughs> something. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer podcast. Please follow us on EdReach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach network. Have a great week. If you scratch the inside of your ear with your finger, it sounds like Pac-Man. 
Seriously? Mm-hmm. Try it. Just make sure you uh, trim your nails. Everyone's trying it right now. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry.